God tests Abraham and why people are not religious. Thank you for joining. My name is Rabbi Yitzwein. I'm the Rabbi of Young Israel, Asia of Las Vegas, and your host of the Life is Great podcast. So I just want to learn with you the beginning of the 12th chapter in the book of Genesis. And it is a fascinating story of the first of 10 times that God tests Abraham that are mentioned in the Torah. Now, by definition, a heavenly test is one that forces a person to choose between God's will and his own nature or understanding of what is right. Clearly, it would not have been a challenge to ask Abraham to perform an act of kindness. However, it would be a supreme test of faith for Abraham to desert his aged father and his homeland. And as we will discuss in a future Life is Great podcast, to give his only son, his beloved son, as an offering to God. Abraham was tested by being forced to subordinate his wishes and his wisdom to those of God. Now, by doing so, he demonstrated his conviction that man's highest goal is to accept divine wisdom as the only truth. This, by the way, will be our test just in a different form. See, as we go through our lives, we're going to be faced to do with what what do I want to do and what do I perceive that God wants me to do? And sometimes it's going to be the same, but sometimes it's going to be very, very different. And that is the test. So let's dig a little deep into the story. And we're going to understand, understand the nature of Abraham's test and our tests and really how to approach them. It'll be very fascinating. So if you happen to have a, a Torah around, we're looking at chapter 12, just the first verse. I'm going to read the first couple of verses, and then we'll go back and we'll kind of dissect them just a little bit. And you'll be amazed with how many true, true life lessons there are that will be revealed. So it says like this, that God came to Abraham and he's speaking. He says, go for yourself from your land, from your relatives and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you, I will curse. And all the families of the earth will bless themselves by you. So Abraham went as God had spoken to him, and went with them. And Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. And then it continues on. The story continues. So the first thing is, this is a major test. This is the first test that's actually mentioned in the Torah. And, you know, we, we should always ask the question, you know, why did God choose Abraham? Uh, we know that God chose Noah because Noah was very righteous. We know that Moses had proven his moral mettle many times, his superiority, so to speak, and his selflessness uh, to the world. And then God chose Moses. But by Abraham, there's nothing here. Uh, I don't know why God chose him, other than the fact that Abraham discovered there was God and then searched after God, which we could say maybe God chose Abraham because Abraham chose God first. And that that ultimately is going to be a pathway for us. If you want a relationship with anyone, you got to take the step forward and say, hey, listen, it's, I want the relationship with you. You know, my father would always say when his friends would complain, that, oh, my children, you know, they don't call me. My grandchildren don't call me. So my dad would always say, well, you know, the phone rings on both ends. <laughs> you know, if we want a relationship with someone, we've got to choose a relationship. And then the other person has the option of choosing us. 
So same, perhaps the same with, same with Abram. Now, what happens is Abram's 75 years old here, and God is coming to him and saying, you know, leave everything you know. Leave, leave your land, your relatives, your father's house. Go to a place I'll show you. And this is a real reset of Abram's life. 75 is not young. It's not young. Now, I joke around with people because, you know, Moses was 80 years old when he took the Jewish people out of Egypt. And so, um, you know, someone turns 80, I go, hey, listen, yeah, Moses is 80. <laughs> you know, that's it, right? Um, but in 75, Abraham eventually is going to live to 175 years old. So one might say, well, because the lifespan was longer than it was less of a challenge. But even so, even if you went by that calculation, that would be like today someone resetting their life when they're 35, 35 or 40 years old. You're stopping and saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... I'm going to do something totally different. I'm going to move to a new place and I'm going to find a new way to make a living and I'm going to find like redefine myself. That can be pretty scary. And as a matter of fact, the people we know who do that, they, they are worthy of respect because usually by the time a person is in their thirties, they're kind of stuck in their perception of what their life is going to be. And they have to hear a lot of Shabbos morning drushes at young Israel age or a lot of like, you know, getting to Tony Robbins or go through a tragedy in their life, you know, to say a divorce and say, okay, I have to reinvent myself. And that's painful. Nobody likes to do it that way. But here, Abraham is, is a willing participant in literally reinventing himself at this moment and, and setting a new course for his life. So let's go through this. The first thing that God says to Abraham is go for yourself from your land, your relatives, and from your father's house to land. I'll show you. So when we say the word lech, in Hebrew, it's lech lecha. And it, it, the, word is, the words are kind of redundant because it's go for yourself. Normally, if you're just speaking Hebrew, I'd say lech me'artzecha. I'd say just go. So from here, the rabbis tell us that everything we do is for ourselves. Like God was saying to Abraham, go for yourself. You're the one who's going to benefit. I'm God. There's nothing you can do for me. Now, it is interesting. A lot of people have this idea, you know, I have to do something for God. God has been good to me. I have to do something back for God. I believe on measure, that's a pretty healthy attitude. And that's a good attitude to have. You know, we should always be filled with gratitude and always try to pay back God, so to speak, in such a way. But intellectually, we know there's nothing we can do to pay back God because he's already given us so much. So how does it work? Go for yourself. God lays out. Abraham, I'm going to command you to do something. It's going to be difficult, but it's for you. It's not for me. And we have to know that all the mitzvahs, all the commandments in the Torah, and all the restrictions, they're for us. God does not do anything to us. God only does things for us. And that is the, that, that, that is the, the basic concept. So don't ever think of commandments as a pain in the neck or something, an obligation. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Say, you know what I get to do? I get to go to synagogue. I get to give charity. I get to celebrate Shabbat. I get to learn Torah. I get to learn divine wisdom. Don't think I got to. Think I get to. This is going to be a lot of, this is great. I'm the winner over here when I go through these things. So now, by the promises. So the, so the first thing is that he's telling us, what, what is the test? The test is go for yourself from your land, from your relatives, and from your father's house. So each one of these are places that he receives his values 
you know, uh, we receive our, our values from our land, wherever we are, we grow up. I grew up in, in Canada and I like hockey. I like hockey. I like curling, right? You know, there you go. It's a value. Very, very nice. From your relatives? Well, you know what? My relatives, they're all Jewish. And so I had this, you know, love of Israel, love being Jewish. From my father's house, my father's house, I learned how to be happy and I learned how to be honest. You know, do the right thing you can't lose, right? Those are a lot of values I learned from my father's house, but each one gets a little more intimate. So God is saying, you've got to do a complete reset of your values. You're going to, you're going to stop. You you are no longer the son of Terah, the idolater. You are no longer the person that are, is wrapped up in the craziness of, of Nimrod and all the other things we've been speaking about. No, you're going to reset your life and you're going to go to a place that I will show you. And of course we ask the question, Hey, why God, why don't you just tell him where he's going? And the answer is that many times for a test for us, we don't know where we're going. We don't, we don't really know how it's going to end up. The greatest test is the test of daily faith in God, of saying, if I'm doing what's right, it'll turn out well for me. Because there are many times that I don't know it'll turn out well. You know, with, there's a promise in the Torah. If you test God by giving 20% of your income to charity, you'll become fabulously wealthy. Okay, you're ready to do that? Now, if you knew, if you knew that the Bible is as true as you have five fingers on your left hand, then yes, you would do it because you knew every time you gave charity, it's coming back to you in a big way. So why doesn't everyone give charity? That's because there's a test going on. I have my perception. I have what I think is right. Yes, my religion tells me I should behave a certain way, but I don't know. I think I'm going to lose out in a certain way. You meet a girl. You meet a boy. You say, ooh, I'd like to get with that person. But you know, they're the wrong person. But you really want to get with them. I really shouldn't get with them. But I want to get with them. So it's a test. So how do you play that test out? You know, we always have that. That's the battle there. So here God is saying, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. Just every day you're going to have to wake up and I'll guide you a little bit by little bit. And therefore, as, as there, then therefore I can give you a reward for every step you take. And that's, that's exactly how the, the commentaries decide. They say Abraham got rewarded for every step he took going in the right direction because he didn't know where the end would be. And that many times God says, you know what, just go in this direction and things will turn out. And having that faith, that trust is, is how God rewards us. Okay. So now I want to share with you three qu quick concepts on why people are not religious. And it comes in the form here that God is throwing Abraham a bone. He says, listen, if you go, if you leave, leave go for yourself, from your relatives, from your father's house, the place I'll show you, then I'm going to do something for you. And Abraham has to trust that God, these things are going to happen. But they're also the fact that God would enunciate these issues. That means that these are Abraham's issues. These are his fears. And his fears are our fears. And if you look at this, you'll say, well, wait a second. I, if Abraham was afraid of this, and this is what I'm afraid of, God's promising Abraham, you do what I want you to do. Follow me and I'll take care of you in this area. We have to know as the seed of Abraham, God is also blessing us in the same way that if we do what God wants us to do in this regard, we are an extension of him, then we are also subject to this blessing. So what are these three things? It says in the second verse, it says, and God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. So the first three of these, I will make you a great nation. That means Abraham, you're going to have 
a big family. You'll have a family you'll be happy with. You'll have lots of descendants. Now, Abraham actually only has one son, and then, you know, he has kind of a half son, Yishmael, the father of the Arabs. But, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, those are his two kids, but it all goes to one son. And then later on, at the end of his life, he has another, another gaggle of kids that he sends off to the east. But really, everything comes through Isaac. And it is the nation of the Jewish people. And we, God promises, if you do what I'm asking you to do, you, I'll make you a great nation. And the idea here is that, that we are all afraid in a certain sense that, you know, why wouldn't I keep the Torah? Well, what happens if you meet someone that you should not marry according to Jewish law? You know, Judaism, we're very much into Jews marry Jews and everyone should marry one other person of their own faith and that kind of stuff. So, so what happens if you meet someone, you're Jewish per se, and, and you meet someone who's not Jewish? And you say, well, how do I give that up? That's, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I say, no, no. All right, do you, how much do you trust God? Maybe the fact that you're Jewish and they're not Jewish means you guys aren't a match. So you got to fix it. That does not mean that you become not Jewish. It means that the person becomes Jewish <laughs> or, right, because once you're in, you can't get out. Um, it's like Hotel California. You're stuck, you know. You know, you can check in, you can never leave, right? You can convert to Judaism, but you can't walk out. So what happens over here is that God will make you a great nation saying, if you follow my ways, you are going to get married. You are going to have children you are going to build a great family. Now, there are, of course, Jews. They follow God, and they don't have children, or they don't get married. So, But they, they can have students. They can still, in other words, the Almighty will ensure that you will feel that you're part of a great nation and that you will have uh, you know, a, a great family. So that, that's, that's, that's one blessing. The next one is, I will bless you. You'll have a lot of money. That's what it means. Bless you means you have a lot of money. Now, it's, it's very interesting because Jews do have a lot of money. And why is that? Why do Jews make more Like Jews do make more money, religious Jews especially. They may, but it, there's a fear that is always there. But if you do what God wants you to do, you'll be taken care of. Why wouldn't a person do what they got to do? Because they would say, well, Shabbos, how do I not go to work on Shabbos? You know, I know a guy who became Shomer Shabbos, he's a fantastic athlete. And he said to me, it was really funny. I go, what made you decide to keep Shabbos? He said, when I realized I was not going to become rich on the Professional Golfers Association tour, uh, then I decided to keep Shabbos. <laughs> but up to the point, he was not keeping Shabbos while, you know, through college on a full scholarship, while he was a professional golfer at the beginning, working his way on the tour, he was not keeping Shabbos. But then he realized, oh, okay, you know what? That's the thing. So uh, people don't want to give the amount of charity they're supposed to give. We give between 10 and 20% of our income to charity. Why not? Because logically, if I'm giving it away, I should have less. But the Almighty says, no, give your charity and you'll be taken care of. So if you do what God wants you to do, the Almighty will bless you. Okay? And the third reason that people are not religious is because it says... I'll make your name great. If you're religious, if you follow God's will, the Almighty will make sure you have a community. You'll have friends, you have a community. And a lot of times, you know, if a person's out there, if they're not religious and they look around, well, most of my friends are not Jewish, which is the natural way. That's a healthy way. If someone's not religious, that makes sense. Most of their friends would not be Jewish because healthy people absorb themselves in a society that they are a part of. So, and then they would stop and say, well, you know, 
you know, my best friend's not Jewish or this and that, but you know, he says, you, you'll have a great name. So these three blessings and they go, they're counterintuitive completely. I'll make your name great. Meaning, listen, you're going to, you know, when it stops, it says, I'll make you a great nation. Abraham's traveling. He's not in the ancient world. They're not having kids. When you travel, God says, do what I'm telling you to do. I'll make sure you have kids. When you're traveling in the ancient world, you're spending your money. You're not making money. God says, you know what? Do what I'm telling you to do. I'll make sure you have money. Make your name great. People will know who you are. When you're, when you're traveling, you're going, you're becoming anonymous each and every stop. You know what? People are going to know who you are. You're going to be famous. And the end over here is, and you will be a blessing. You will be the source of blessing for other people. And then finally it says, I will bless, right? The, the, the idea is here, I will bless those who bless you. And to him who curses you, I will curse. So here Abraham is being told by God that anyone who blesses another Jew will receive blessing. And that's why you should bless other Jews. It's a good practice to go around to the Jewish people you know and say, oh, you should have a great day. You know, oh, I hope you feel better. Oh, the Almighty should help you with your business. You should bless Jews all day long. Because if you're blessing Jews all day long, God is going to bless you. And then, and don't curse others. <laughs> don't curse Jews. God does not like that. And then it ends up with, and all the families of the earth shall bless themselves by you. In other words, God, the Jewish people will bring blessing to everybody who are around. Now, listen, I, we can go through many examples in, 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 in world history where Jews were a part of a society and the society flourished. And then when the Jews, when the society turned on the Jews, the society crumbled. Spain, you know, the 1500s, right? They, they were, Spain was the top society around until, you know, 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? And the Spanish Inquisition. And then Spain goes into a dark ages for hundreds of years. Germany was the world power. Then they got rid of the Jews, you know, they get divided for, and, you know, millions of, of Germans, uh, you know, lose their lives and it's just a horrible situation. And today, by the way, the Arab nations, you know, they've turned their backs on the Jews and they're dark. They, those are dark societies. Okay. So we have to recognize that Jews bring blessing to wherever we, we wherever we are. So by understanding this, understanding Abraham's test, how his test is, you know, listen, you're never too old to start over. You know, God wants you to live a great life. And therefore he gives, he's giving us instructions for our benefits. Understanding that the, if we do what God wants us to do, the Almighty blesses us with our family. He blesses us with our money. He blesses us with our fame and he blesses us with our ability to have a positive influence on others. We understand that then we are we're beginning, we're in the Parsha, so to speak, of understanding really what it means to be of the seed of Abraham and to bring the proper blessings to the world. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at 
yiaishlv.org/backslash/contribute.